sauces and ETs In government conspiracies But I've seen none of the above If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles Lose my little mind Hello and welcome to X-Files Talk X-Files The only podcast so obsessed with the show That we've spent the last 20 years writing fanfic in binary on the living room floor I'm your host, David <laughs> Howard, and joining me today, I have Avi Kihara and Tiffany Deval from xfilesnews.com. Thank you both very much for joining me today. Hi, how are you doing? Thank you for having us. That was, that was the best intro. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Maybe I should start writing fan fiction in binary code. <laughs> someone, someone needs to do that. Yeah, and that was obviously a reference to conduit for everybody yeah. who didn't get that. <laughs> that was awesome. That was really great. So I just want to start off and say um, why we're doing this podcast and why we're doing it now. Um, obviously, we are huge fans of the X Files and have been for many, many years. Um, even after the show has ended, it's something that you know I know I've personally constantly revisited and bought all of the DVDs, watched them multiple times watch them again when they came out on Netflix and um, the reason that we're doing this podcast right now is because about a month or so ago it was announced uh, that the X-Files was being revived for a limited series on Fox and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing that at some point later on this year. Um, I know I'm very excited and know X-Files the world over are really excited. Um, and so basically what we're going to do with this show is we're going to go back over the entire history of the show, uh, the two movies included, and uh, sort of basically get everybody excited again about the show and getting counting down to whenever the, the show airs. And I'm sure within another couple of months, uh, maybe after several of these podcasts, we'll actually have a date as to when we're going to see that. So uh, Avi and Tiffany... You guys are the pros when it comes to X-Files News. Uh, that's the name of your website. So I was hoping maybe today we can just get started off with uh, you guys giving us a bit of an update as to what we know so far about the revival. Oh, you want to take it or do I want to sure. take that? Um, well, I, I, I can let you start. I'll, I'll jump in. Okay. Uh, well, as per our conversation with Chris Carter on... The, the the very day after the show was announced, mm-hmm. um, we know that obviously Jillian and David and Chris Carter are going to be involved, um, and he also announced that Mark Snow, um, Glenn Morgan, Darren Morgan, and James Wong are going to be involved. Um, as per other members of the team or the creative team, such as Rob Bowman and Bill Rowe. Um, they're still waiting confirmation because they're involved in other shows that are currently mm-hmm. shootings and that that's the ABC series Castle. And just recently we learned um, by other means that Mitch Pileggi and um, Willem B. Davis are going to be also back in the mix um, there's been rumors of Robert Patrick and Annabeth Gish also in being, you know, sought after to be part of the show, but um, right now we don't have confirmation of that as much as we'd like to. 
Sure. Um, I, hope I, know. I, think, I hope they're back. Yeah, I do too. I think Mitch is, isn't Mitch signed for all all six of the six? Mitch is signed for all six. Yeah. Which doesn't quite mean that he's going to be in all six. He's just, Right, right. He's just, you know, he has a, a sort of like what you would call an umbrella contract, which sure. covers the possibility of him being in everything. Right. Um, but there's also talks of many other guest stars uh, joining um, and of course I, I like not to talk about that because I'm really proud of us only talking about things that are confirmed. Uh, but there's a lot going through the grapevine of what's yeah. going to happen for sure. The show is going to, is going to shoot in Vancouver. Um, and Starting in, in June, in June. So and there's a bit of, uh, yeah, it's already been, uh, production you know set in place as in in the means of hiring people and 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 telling people that they're going and people clearing their schedules so that they can work in the shoot and that's you know because of the x-files working or, or shooting in vancouver for so many years before they moved to la there's plenty of people that at some point worked on the show so many of them will be joining the production again mm-hmm uh, that's as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. I think the only, let me see if there's anything else we've missed. Um, I know I, we, there's not, I don't think we have confirmation yet uh, on Frank Spotnitz quite yet. Um, no. Because he's currently, he's, yeah, yeah he's, he's working on another show. He's currently shooting uh, The Man in the High Castle, which is right. the show he's going to be show running at Amazon. Which was amazing for anyone that hasn't seen the pilot for that. It was phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. It broke all kinds of records for Amazon for their pilot season. Wow. Yeah. So they're shooting. They actually started shooting two days ago, which, you know, um, I don't want to be I don't want to be pessimistic. It's it's looking really hard as for him to be able to join the production. But these are only my appreciation. I don't know what sure. his plans are. And, you know, there's a lot, you know, of time. Maybe he can be, be involved more towards actual production. Right, um, right. Rather than in, like, the pre-production phase. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of time yet to to get stuff together, even though there's not a whole lot <laughs> in right. reality. But um, we're really excited. I think most of the fandom, it's gradually actually, you know, realizing that we're we're getting this, and it's this like finally happening. believing it now. Because yeah. I think yeah. it took a while. <laughs> it took a while. Um, I, I everybody that kind of was talking to us when this all kind of came about was just like, "Is it real? Are are you sure? Like, are you guys serious?" You know, yeah. everybody was kind of they'd been waiting for so long, and to to all of a sudden have it, it's like you know, after eight years of wanting it, and then now you've got it, and I think everybody was kind of like, oh, "Really? Like, did it? Did this really happen? Did yesterday happen?" You know, I think I think. <laughs> I have to be very thankful of not having had, you know, a cold read into knowing this. And I yeah. I had a little bit of, you know, a, a heads up, like, probably sure. three days before. And it was probably the three hardest days of my life trying not to tell anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then... 
and then also that the those were my three days of disbelief. It was like you know, yeah. like uh, until it well, was officially you know, announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, you know, I know we've we've talked before. Or there's been rumors before about the third movie and trying to get that off the ground for years, and um, you know it didn't. You're right; it didn't quite seem real when this was announced because we went from hoping and wanting to have one more story to having potentially six new stories coming, and this year as well. And it just didn't seem real. And then they were assembling all the old writing staff: Glenn Morgan, James Wong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just kind of seemed crazy. I think the thing that tipped it over into, okay, this is really happening for me, was the announcement that they were bringing back Smoking Man from the Dead yet again. Right, yeah. again. Because I, I, yeah. I think at that point it's like, really, they're going to do that? And then it's yeah. like, okay, it is real. <laughs> that, now you have all the conspiracy theories, like how is that going to happen? Is, it gonna, is he really alive? Is it a dream sequence? Like, is he a super soldier? You know, you, you I don't know. I, I want to know how that's going to gonna happen now there's so many possibilities so many possibilities yeah yeah so but it's good because i mean you know fox tv everybody i think was curious how did it move from film to television and i think that you know in particular fox tv's dana walden um had been such a huge supporter of the show and word is she was frustrated with a lack of movement on that third feature film and really kind of campaigned for it to get a revival on television. So um, it's been good, I think, for the show to have people still at Fox that are very familiar with it and very much supporting it. Absolutely. As much as I kind of want to delve into... What do we want as fans from this new show? I know that you guys are journalists in this area, so I won't get you to speculate on what you would love to see, (laughs) unless you want to do that. Uh, I guess we can give you a very brief. I think (laughs) we probably do it a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. I mean we're journalists and we we behave like journalists. Sometimes we remember we're still fans. Mm I think I, I said this when we talked to NPR and, and Forbes when I think for me, for Avi Quijada, I, I would like a lot of mythology. I would like... Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would... I mean, as much as I enjoy a good Master of the Week, I feel like focusing on the whole episode and the whole Master of the Week might be a waste of an, an opportunity of setting straight mm-hmm. the mythology that we mm-hmm. you know we we crave so much yeah. um i need to have some closure for uh the william arc uh yeah. i don't know in which shape or form but i need to have that <laughs> um <laughs> i'm not even bitter i mean i'm not you know i'm not one of those fans i'm not criticizing at all everyone is entitled to their own opinion but like I'm not one of those fans that are like, oh, William should never happen, or, or oh yeah, let's just forget that he ever existed, yeah. or. I mean, but he did exist. You can't. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 I know people that believe that, and I, I totally understand where they're coming from, and I don't begrudge them that at all. Um, but for me, it did happen, whether I wanted it to or it didn't, or it is irrelevant because it did occur, and so I feel like you know. Um, I don't know. I, I I just loved whatever they gave me, you know, so I wasn't too, too picky about it. I mean, every now and then I would, you know, 
wish for something. But for the most part, I mean, Chris really, I think, um, gives you maybe not always what you want, but maybe what you need to have, you know? So I think he's, I think he's great in terms of what he wants his audience to have. Even I think the frustration that fans have keeps them interested in it. So I think to have everything that you want and it be tied up all perfectly and nice and neat is probably not what you should have. Because um, then it may be not as interesting. So There's not yeah. dramatic conflict in it. Right, right. Yeah. I would be, yeah, I need, I need to see the William arc like, come full circle, I think. Um, and it, so- it sounds like they're going to have some mythology in there. They want to sum up all of the that you know mytholo- mythology storyline. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people were disappointed that wasn't what the second movie dealt with. So yeah, you know, I think you're not alone. There's definitely a lot of people wanting some closure. Personally, I hope we have a couple of good standalone uh, stories in there as well. And uh, since Darren Morgan's on board, if he wants to write something called Skinner's Bizarre Day, where we just have (laughs) (laughs) Skinner dealing with just a bunch of crazy crap and no idea how to deal with it, I think that that would be awesome too. But like, I mean, it's so crazy to think, like, what are all these people doing after all this time? I mean, you you have the second film, and then you backtrack a bit to the the truth, which is, you know, the final episodes of the last season, and it's like... You got from there to where they were in the second film, but it so much had to have occurred between the two. It's like, what has Skinner been up to in particular? I mean, we saw him in the second film, but like, what what has that arc been like? That been like, you know, not having Mulder and Scully and and all the stuff that he's been doing. And someone needs to like majorly fanfic Skinner's life from <laughs> yes. nine until like the. I, I already know what he has been doing, but I don't think that. That Chris Carter would like that idea. <laughs> is he? Is he? Yeah, yeah. I know where he is. He's at Maggie Scully's. I'm almost positive that's what you're gonna say. He's yeah. with he's with Scully's mom. Yeah. Is that what he's up to? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Sheila Larkin would mind that very much. No, she actually liked the idea. Yeah, I bet she so. did. He could write fan fiction with Sheila Larkin. It would be perfect. I'm just gonna go hide under my bed now. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on <laughs> let's get into um let's get back into some of the the very first episodes of the show sure. so we're going to focus on uh in this podcast we're going to talk about the first eight episodes which is mm-hmm. going to be um the pilot deep throat squeeze conduit jersey devil shadows ghost in the machine and ice yeah so the- yeah. You know, these are the episodes that really set the tone for the show, introduced us to Mulder and Scully and the whole world of the X-Files. And, you know, there's a couple of episodes in there which are maybe slightly weaker ones. But, I mean, for mm-hmm. a show just starting out, you've got some phenomenal episodes there. Oh, yeah. You have yeah. the pilot, Deep Throat, Squeeze, um, Ice, you know, is still ranked, you know, still thought of as one of the best episodes of the yeah. entire series. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, feel... yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have mad love for Ice from purely fangirl memes. Um, <laughs> the, like, you know, writer slash journalist slash professional in me likes it for, you know, the story structure and, and, and everything else. But honestly, Ice for me comes down to Mulder touching the back of Scully's neck. <laughs> and that's like all I can zone in on. And I'm like, this is the best episode ever. I was 13 when that aired. Like, I flipped out when I saw that. 
I, I agree. Um, I think not only is the, the the thing where I feel this is the the one of the biggest episodes of those first eight. I mean, everything in the in the others were pretty, you know, standard. Even the Ghost mm-hmm. in the Machine with all the technology and all the stuff. Yeah. Everything was pretty much, you know, the normal storytelling. But I played a lot with that, you know, claustrophobic paranoia, mm-hmm. uh, with testing their boundaries, with, you know, testing their the trust on each other and all the, the little nuances that actually dictated over the, their relationship from then on. And yeah. I, I think that's the importance about eyes is that after and the before and after of, you know, what happened here is just what defined the relationship from then on, despite yeah. of having, you know, Squeeze being so monumental for them. Right. Squeeze was a great stepping stone that kind of, I think, got us to ice. And I know you have Conduit, and Jersey Devil was a bit of a stepping stone in there as well. Um, but take, I mean, I take Squeeze and I take Ice, and they're two of some of my favorite Monster of the Weeks. Yeah, I, th- I mean, you with know. Ice, I think it's the first one where they were both in jeopardy. You know, they're stuck right. there with these strangers, you know, no way of escape. So it's the first one where, you know, you're really piling the pressure on that relationship yes. in terms of them learning to trust and really depend right. on each other. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're pulling guns on each other, you know. Yeah. It, it, it just ups the ante. The production itself, I feel like, just way up the ante on that episode. So let's go back to uh, the pilot so the yeah. first ever episode before the show was picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously this is a storyline that was revisited uh, seven years down the track then. Um, you know, we started off with the title card that uh, the following story is based on actual documented events. You know, that really set the show apart from anything else that was on TV at the time. Sure. Um, you know, dealing with the paranormal, dealing with it in a procedural sort of way um what do you guys have to say about the pilot oh gosh um the what it's so funny because the i remember watching on television um the promos for it before it came out and thinking that it was just a ufo show you know like it was just some kind of unsolved mysteries kind of thing i I don't think i really realized what it was until i sat down to watch it that first night you know on september 10th 1993 and um so you you were there at the very beginning oh the very beginning the the day of i sat down and watched it uh with my stepdad actually because he was a big like paranormal ufo nut kind of so to speak i mean he was really all into that kind of stuff and I was kind of the the skeptic, and so I'm like, okay, I'll watch it with you. And I sat down, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. (laughs) You know, this is – from the moment she walked into his office, I was like, sold. I'm sold. I mean, it was from then on. I was just just in that first, you know, little bit of dialogue between the two of them, you know. And she – you have – it was crazy at the time because you have this female character walking in – and getting into a dialogue with this male character who obviously is in, you know, an important position. And they were from that moment on equal footing. I mean, from the second they started talking to each other, you know, I mean, he talked to her and she kind of pushed back and, you know, they're doing the, the dead cows and 
all, all the stuff on the slideshows. And, you know, she wasn't afraid to tell him what she thought. And I, I thought that was amazing. I think for me, um, because I came to the, to the show a little bit later. When did um, you start watching? I actually started watching season four. Okay. Um, and it was, it was a lucky accident kind of a thing. Um, and I had to do my homework sort of ways and go back and start watching and, you know, just get updated with the fandom. But for me, one of the most remarkable things is that I always thought that the the Exiles wasn't a TV show or just a, a TV show. It was, you know, a movie every week that I would get to enjoy. And that actually, you know, for me, it it fed that ambition of what I would like to become when I grew up. And and going back to my first viewing of the pilot, I think it was just so much of that nostalgia that I had already had for those years that had passed already. It hadn't been like that many years. But mm-hmm. it was just that, you know, that naive na- naiveness that they had about them. It was just that candid... Yeah. Um, moment that they were allowed to still have amongst themselves of that discovery of what that mission that they had no idea they were embarking on mm-hmm. and I feel like it was a pretty much uh, a statement for the rest of the production because they had no idea what kind of show they were doing until that very pilot was done and that everyone yeah. saw it and that, you know, they saw the reaction that the, the people had when they first saw it. And, and then it went on to become the popular phenomena that it is today. But I feel like there are just so many shows that have strong pilots as this one. And, mm-hmm. and there are probably five in the last 20 years. So, that to go back to the pilot today and watch it and still find it so solid, it's yeah. just, you know, it speaks yeah. for, for the abilities of the whole team behind it, for Chris Carter for writing it, for Robert Mandel for directing it, you know, yeah. and everyone that was involved in it. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of like you. I came to the show very late on, um, probably towards the tail end of season three, I think. And I'm not sure exactly which was the first episode I watched. Um, But, you know, very quickly I became hooked on it. And I think initially I hadn't been, you know, I'd heard about the show. By that point it was, you know, a huge deal. You know, everybody was talking about it. And I was kind of like, oh, I'm not really a huge horror fan, you know? (laughs) Um, Because that's how it was marketed. But, you know, I saw two or three episodes, you know, you had the relationship between Mulder and Scully. You had just awesome storytelling. You had the Mm -hmm. whole conspiracy stuff mm-hmm. going on and um yeah i got hooked so started watching i think season four then when it came on to tv and i think before that had happened i'd managed to get all the old vhs tapes of all the mythology <laughs> two-parters <laughs> caught up on caught up on those um but yeah i mean i hadn't seen most of the season one episodes until they came out on dvd so it's kind of weird going yeah. back because i think we're probably at least at season six or seven by that point and then going back to the very beginning and kind of seeing you know, the early days of their relationship and the early days of the show where they're trying to clearly figure out exactly 
what the tone of the show is going to be in in some extents because you have right. you know Scully going on a date, you have the awkward underwear scene in the pilot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even from those very first episodes, you know, there's, like I said, there's a couple of weaker ones, um, but you know, you can see that they're building something, and you can see that they're yeah. figuring it out as the episodes progress. And um, yeah, it's just you know, kind of weird going back. Uh, however many years it was later and seeing an episode like shadows which is one of the 90th episodes that ever <laughs> was with all those power suits with the shoulder pads i know <laughs> yeah and then even the dirty devil itself it's really something that you wouldn't see today because yeah, no. that you know there's no longer that innocence to people anymore that they would think that someone would live in the woods such as mm-hmm that person there's just so much more awareness of everything around us um that i think that an episode may be like that not saying that there you know there isn't the possibility that you know you have people living up in the boondocks and you know not not actually knowing what's around us but like feel like in these days where we have google earth and that there's so much you know vigilance on on earth itself I think that one episode could have been scrapped. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's an interesting point as to how they're going to deal with the whole um, connectivity of technology today in this revival. Yeah. I mean, I know Chris Carter's always said that, you know, you couldn't have done the show before cell phones. Um, yeah. Just to keep them connected while they're on doing their own different investigations and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with yeah. that. Well, because... they started dealing with that on I Want to Believe because yeah, they yeah. went with the whole Google thing and, everything. And, and, yeah. and Skinner had an iPhone and, you know, all that stuff. Regardless yeah. of, you know, Mulder sticking to a very old, you know, flip phone. But <laughs> I asked this on the interview, like, how do you plan to bring them up to date? And he's like, well, for sure they will have smartphones. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where we're landing. I don't know what year is it going to be. I don't know if we're going to start right after. I don't know if we're going to yeah. start at 2012. I don't know if we're going to start 2015 or 16 even. Because right now we don't, we don't have an air date. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to, to land on this universe and it's just so lucky that, you know, there's people that are already landed in the universe and they're enjoying it before we do. But it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, a very anticipated gift for everyone. And I, I feel it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. You mentioned um, we were talking about the belief in, in people now that you have Google image or, you know, Google streets and everything and you can kind of look for things and there's cameras everywhere and all that. And you have Mulder's character who in season one was very much, very childlike in terms of just, you know, very open to everything and wanting to, you know, kind of find out the truth about absolutely everything. Because of course he didn't have any of that kind of technology. I mean, he would just run into the woods for, I mean, he was forever ditching her, let's face it, through all of season one. It was basically, oh, I feel like there's something out here. I'm just going to kind of, like, take off. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, you know, with Deep Throat, he gets himself, of course, the second episode of season one, he gets himself into quite a lot of trouble doing that. 
Um, yeah. You know, because he kind of runs out there and gets caught on a military base and, you know, she has to kind of come after him. So uh, in talking about the earlier episodes and their relationship, it's interesting that, um, you know, he... I think that's what everybody loves about Mulder so much is that childlike wonder that he has, you know, not, not to say he's a child in terms of that being a bad thing, but, but really it kind of empowering him and allowing him to be open to things that maybe other people weren't. And it was cool to see that play as early as of course in the pilot, but you really see a lot of it kind of budding in deep throat and you know, that just the very second episode. I think the theme for the first season, especially for the first episodes, is it's that, you know, trust that they have to build. Mm-hmm. And and for them to be able to land on a second season such as the one that we had where they found each other at odds and they had to fight mm-hmm. to be together again. But I feel like this elite way of these first eight episodes is just like cementing the 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 road to that yeah. to build into that trust to to Mulder learning that he has a sidekick and that it's not so much a sidekick but someone mm-hmm. that is just as smart as he is it's only you know a person with an another set of skills that he will never have uh, yeah. and that it's also the fact that you know he this is a man that has learned the bad way to not trust anyone. So right. he's fighting himself to even allow her in. So, yeah. you know, it, it, that's the interesting part that sometimes people don't actually, you know, look into is that they, they always criticize it like, well, you know, you, he should have trusted her. I mean, she was yeah. so much without guile and all this stuff. But in reality, he shouldn't have. I mean, she was yeah. sent to debunk his work. He had been screwed over so many times before, and this is something that we kind of get through the years, not right away. So, you know, sometimes that's something that you get yeah. after you're done watching the show, after you've been watching the show for a while. But yeah. I think it's something that watching the show under that light, it's it's also a different experience. I feel like he was trying to um, trying to make it a challenge for her, too. You know, I feel like he, he didn't, he didn't want to let her in so easily. You know, he, he kind of, I feel like made her work for it a bit. It couldn't just be, oh, well, I just don't believe in aliens. You know, I mean, I think he kind of challenged her to push that analytical side of her to kind of come in and actually look at all of the evidence, not just the evidence of, oh, I don't believe in this can't be possible, but actually look at everything as a whole like he was doing. And maybe it didn't make sense at first, but clearly he was seeing something. Something was there. It wasn't just in his head, you know. So I think he kind of was challenging her a bit by, you know, kind of... And he does that throughout the whole series. I mean, he's constantly picking at her. I mean, for God's sake, after the first movie, you know, it's... Well, I don't know what I saw, you know. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, you were there. You were right there. You know? That's not going to work this time. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think as well as that, though, that, you know, he didn't just see her as a sidekick when she came in. You know, maybe he saw her as a bit of a foil initially, but, you know, he'd done his research on her by that first time that she walked into right. his office. Um, you know, he knew her background, and I think that, you know, 
from the he moment. He probably had pictures of her already too. <laughs> well, let's, I bet not, he did. let's not go down like, that in his road. Death. <laughs> like she didn't know it yet. He just like you know got some friend over in you know whatever division to be like, hey, can you send me her file? You know, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm between. I'm sure between him and Frohiki, they had quite a collection. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that you know that that gives Frohiki an interesting new perspective. Actually, when you when you think about it. How much of Frohiki following her was Frohiki, and how much was Mulder just like, dude, can you just go and like see what she's up to, or you know, take a few <laughs> photos? Not necessarily in like a gross way, so much as him, you know. I mean, you can tell he's starting to be kind of infatuated with her in the beginning. So, yeah, maybe yeah. they had like a bro code going on. Maybe you should maybe you should find a way to wrap it around because we've been talking for thirty eight minutes, and it's gonna be. Super long for your podcast. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and, and wrap it up yeah. then. Um, we'll be back um, next week. We're going to talk about, uh, I think, the next eight episodes. We're going to do uh, Space Through Young at Heart. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope that you have enjoyed this show. And uh, we'll catch you soon. Thank you, Avi. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank, thank you for having us. The truth is out there, and it's coming back. Probably would run a million miles Who's my little mind?